This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman. Thank you for listening to my podcast and for the honor and privilege of your time. We have thousands of uh, downloads of our podcast every month. And I've got a great podcast for you today. I say that every time. I'm waiting for some podcaster to say, you know, today's podcast is kind of average, but please listen anyway. No, this is going to be really, really great information. Um, As I've told you guys before, one of the privileges of being in the dental profession uh, for, you know, uh, Labor Day will be 39 years, and this will be published uh, after Labor Day, uh, is, is I've met lots of lots of really good friends uh, along the way. And today you're going to get to meet one of them. Uh, Bob Affleck has uh, uh, been in the dental profession for 33 years. He's a consultant, started as a consultant, and then he spent a good uh, part of his career in banking. And, and now he is doing what his passion is, which is helping dentists one at a time get to where they want to be, whether it's starting a practice or buying a practice. And he's with a company called Dental Coach USA, which uh, specifically helps uh, buyers of dental practices and dentists who start dental practices and other dentists along their journey to get to where they want to be. And he is as knowledgeable of a human being on the business side of dentistry as I know. And we're going to talk about all of that today. But first, I got some uh, announcements for you, as I always do. Uh, please be sure to go to our partner's website, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. This magazine is the premier clinical magazine, and uh, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff on the business side, which I will be able to share with you in the coming months. I'm really excited about it. Um, So Lorraine Kent and Chain Moline and their team are just absolutely off the charts. 140 continuing education courses for a very, very reasonable price. They go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, if you listen to this podcast and you are in Northern California, it's going to come out, we believe, on the 27th of September. And um, so on September 30th, we are having a really great continuing education course at Dave and Buster's uh, in uh, Orange County on transitions. And we have a uh, dental attorney and a dental bank uh, that is going to be joining us to do that. So um, 
If you are interested in attending, uh, send me an email at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or call me at 657-279-3243. And one other thing I do want to share with you guys is um, one of our partners in Colorado, my good friend Scott Haberman, is going to be um, speaking at and attending the Dental Success Institute and Polaris Healthcare Partners Conference. They're hosting their second annual Scaling from Clinician to CEO event on October 11th through the 13th in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Phoenician Hotel. Uh, I have been to the Phoenician Hotel. I have played, I believe they have a golf course I played at. That was the one I remember. Uh, It is a gorgeous place. Uh, This unique experience is designed to teach aspiring dental entrepreneurs the necessary tools and pathways to build their own group practice. So if you are looking to build uh, multiple practices in a big or a big group practice, this would be the conference to attend. Uh, Attendees will join a cast of industry experts for over 13 hours of exclusive educational content in areas like financial reporting, tactical marketing and analytics, legal structure, and acquiring or building practices, associate equity structures, and much more. And Scott will be touching on financial reporting structures to bring clarity uh, to practice owners. So October 11th to the 13th, um, if you are interested, go to Scottsdale. Uh, If you want more information, Scott Haberman's email address is shaberman, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-N, at idebailey.com, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y. And his direct number to his desk is 970-999-8932. Be sure to check out our new Ide Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. All right. So with that said, let's get to our topic today, which is uh, my dear friend, Bob Affleck. And we're going to be talking, well, this is not going to be all about an hour about Bob Affleck, but it's going to be about uh, what Bob does. And uh, again, I've known Bob for 33 years. He's been in the profession. Um, He was a consultant, a banker. I'll let him tell you his story. So, Mr. Bob Affleck, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Well, Art, I, first of all, I have to say I'm so honored that you had asked me to join today. Believe it or not, I've been really wanting to come on to your podcast. And when you asked me, I was just extremely happy about that. And uh, just to be a part of uh, this this program with you, you being the icon within this industry, um, you know, I definitely uh, have learned a lot from you along my journey as well. So I want to thank you for that. Um, wow. so, Oh, go yeah. ahead. Keep keep talking about me because this podcast is all about me. Just so it's you all know, about me. it's, it's all, about, all about me. Everybody knows it's all about me. That's right. So I, you know, so basically, I do appreciate the introduction as well. And um, I definitely have been in this industry for thirty three years. I you know really started out, uh, believe it or not, in pa- uh, patient financing. That's really where I began. And uh, we were actually one of the first patient financing companies, um, really in the industry. One of two. And uh, it was way before Care Credit and um, all those other companies that are now out there. 
Um, but uh, really loved, you know, doing that. They had me come in, do the R&D, figure out how to work, how to get the, the dental practices to use this product and so on. I then was approached by a practice management company to come on with them uh, to actually be a part of their, their program and uh, to work with them uh, in the consulting world. I, I honestly loved every minute of it because it really helped me to um, help those doctors that were looking uh, for those, you know, uh, those systems that were going to help them to be successful uh, within their practice. And we just had a great time, you know, doing that. But again, as you said, did I did uh, join and got went up to the uh, practice finance world um, and was a practice finance specialist for many years, helping thousands of dentists probably throughout the years in their acquisition startups and so on. But again, I appreciate what you said. Well, and, and the thing is, you and I have talked, I mean, we talk on a regular basis. And one of the things you've always told me is, yeah, I'm doing banking and that pays the bills and all that stuff. But my real <laughs> passion is I really want to be a resource for dentists to help them one-on-one to get to where they want to be. And um, this company that you've joined, Dental Coach USA, which I'm gonna, we'll talk about sometime in the, sure. uh, in the middle of the conversation, has really given you this platform to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, um, it's really been already rewarding uh, ever since I joined the, the group and became a, a coach for them. Um, and uh, primarily, I've been able to help so many doctors um, along their journey and, and their, you know, really uh, their dream of practice ownership. Okay, well, let's get into this conversation because I want people sure. to get as much information from you as possible. Absolutely. So let's start. Let's start talking about some to somebody who's just graduated or is about to graduate. And we have gra- we have dental school people, um, right. dental school students that listen to this podcast. So you've been in this business for thirty three years. You've talked to thousands of dentists. So when dentists are getting ready to leave dental school, what should they be? Or they're maybe just starting out. Maybe they got their first job. Even okay. What do you tell them? What should they be thinking about? So, you know, I really thought about this. Um, and primarily, you know, for us, we really start with the den- uh, the students in the dental schools. And the one thing that we do when we're working with them is we really want them to, to uh, really start with the end in mind for their future. Just like they, you know, they really started their, their journey becoming a dentist and learning how to become that dentist and so on. Uh, we actually start out in the dental schools and really get a really good understanding of uh, where they want to be for their future. And so the questions I always ask, and this is really where we always begin, is is really starting our clients with the end in mind for their future. And how what does that look like? What you know, basically, we want to know where do they see themselves in five to ten years, and and do they see themselves owning a practice or you know, per, you know possibly even multiple practices or or just being an associate, you know, it just depends on, you know, where their desires are at. And um, we also really want them to envision exactly what their practices look like as well. So uh, we, we want them to sit down and really envision exactly what that looks like for their future and what, and, and what that's going to be. And then we, what type of dentistry do they want to do? Right. I mean, so many of them, you know, think I just want to be a general dentist or I want to move on and go on to specialty or residency or whatever it may be. Um, But always those those are the things that are very important when it comes to their practice. um, When they get into their practice, we want them to think about how many operatories do they want to have um, and then do they have room to grow? So we also talk about even financial structure for the uh, for the practice as well. So 
all of this is really done right up front. And we really like them to think about that. We like we like to get them started on thinking with the end in mind and then then start focusing on how they're going to get themselves to that place. All right. That, no, no, that's great. That's 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 right on point. I also want to get into right now what your wheelhouse has been for a large part of your career, which is banking. Yeah. And, and this and, and by the way, doctors, if you're not three years out of school, don't don't shut this podcast off because we're going to be talking about all stages of dentistry here, including at some point, what you need to be thinking about if you want to ultimately sell your practice, because Bob has been on both sides of this. But what advice do we give to young dentists, maybe in their 30s or maybe in mid-career? I mean, you were in banking. You you know what <laughs> what the kiss of death is, is banking, in, in banking, you know, like being late on a house payment or things like that. What is it that, the because if you're going to start a practice or you're going to buy a practice, uh, 98% of you are going to need to go to the bank, maybe 99, right? right and right. so what should what should our listeners be looking at before they go to the bank? Don't just assume, doctors, that the banks out there, because you have a DR in front of your name, are going to hand you hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. It doesn't work that way, especially since 2008. So, Bob, what do they need to know about what they need to get ready for to go to the bank? So, so primarily, I think this is a really good, uh, good point to bring up because I think so many people have in their minds of exactly, you know, how they're looked at when they go into a bank and get a loan. And primarily, uh, when a doctor goes in to, to get a loan to purchase an exist, uh, purchase a practice or start up a practice, um, the reality of a, of a bank is and how they look at it is the, their approval is really based 25% on the buyer or the doctor coming in. And 75% of their approval is really based on the practice that they're actually buying. Right. So as we know, they're, they're obviously looking to provide this doctor 100% financing um, and, you know, for, to purchase their practices or to also start up their practice. But uh, when they're looking at a buyer coming in, what they're looking at is obviously they want to make sure they have good credit and and at least a, a credit score 680 and above. Some of these lenders may want a higher credit score than that, but but um, the, a lot of them will look at it 680 and above. Uh, the big thing that um, I always recommend and uh, talk to the doctors about is, and what lenders are looking at is their production capability. Um, and basically when it comes to uh, purchasing a practice, I think the main concern the lender has is can you uh, produce and, and do the type of dentistry that the seller actually already does. And so I also use this actually for uh, buyers as kind of their uh, their, their uh, starting point of what type of or what size of practice that they should actually look for um, and, uh, you know, when they're ready to actually buy. So it's really based on their production capability. And then I always say add 30% over and above that. Um, to determine this, the size of the practice that they, they should actually be looking at. Um, and so that's, that's definitely the one thing that lenders are going to look for. If you're just you know, starting out now, this is a great time to actually um, you know, keep track of your production um, as an associate and then be able to present that to the bank when, when they're ready to deliver that. Um, and then basically um, when it comes to philosophy as well, um, primarily the philosophy, um, you want to make sure that they match up with the seller, um, primarily because if you have like a doctor that really is looking to get into a PPO, fee-for-service practice, you know, those are the, those, and, and then find a, 
finding HMO practice, that's not going to be the same philosophy. So, so we really want to make sure that they have the same type of philosophy as well. So one other thing that they also look at, and some, and a lot of the lenders are, are going this direction in, in regards to requiring liquidity as well. Um, even though they're not asking the buyer to um, actually put money down on the practice, they want to make sure that there's at least 5 to 10% liquidity um, in the bank account um, just for those rainy days and, and being able to have that as a safety net for the buyer as well. Um, so that's what the lender is looking at. But as I stated, 75% of the approval is really based on the practice that they're buying. Um, really what the lender wants to see is um, how much can this practice actually financially afford? You know, can it, can it support all the expenses of the practice? Um, and then how much net income are they able to verify that the seller is actually taking home at the end of the day? And then based on the income of the seller, they want to make sure that the loan amount that they're, what they want to give that buyer um, is able to be able to be supported by the net income of the seller. Does that, I just want yeah, to make no, sure. That, that, that's spot on. So Bob, what kind of, what kind of mistakes do you see people make? In other words, someone's got this vision. They want to own a practice. They want it to be in uh, city XYZ. They want five operatories. They want digital expert. They, this is what they want, but right. then they totally screw up their finances. I mean, what, what mistakes do we need to tell doctors? And I'm not talking about just doctors out of school. I'm talking about anybody. What right. mistakes are doctors making that you see? And I'm sure you see them all the time yeah. that are going to forbid them or keep them from getting the money they want to buy a practice, start a practice, expand a practice, buy a second practice. This is for everybody. Absolutely. So I'd say the biggest mistake is bankruptcy. Um, yeah, yeah, that's well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a good just, one. <laughs> just cut to the chase, Bob. Just, just don't, don't, don't sugarcoat this thing, right? <laughs> so bankruptcy. Don't file bankruptcy, and you'll get a loan. No. <laughs> um, collections, you know, collection yeah. accounts um, on your on your credit report. Um, primarily, um, I I would say those are the major things on a credit. Um, any tax liens that you may have, that's another issue that they could have as well, because they're going to want to see those tax liens paid off before they're able to buy the practice or get the loan, I should say. So those are the things that I would say for sure. Um, and then um, I would probably say the other major thing that, they're, that they would be looking at is their capability of being able to take on that practice. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that's the whole thing. And, and the, the great yeah. thing about working with somebody like you is before they even get to the bank, and again, in a second here, I'm going to let you talk about your process at General sure. Coach uh, USA. But before they even get to the bank, you have totally vetted these people. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I want sure. to just get in one or two more things before we do that. So you say you talk to the dental schools, you talk to the dental students a lot. What are you telling them? I mean, unfortunately, in this world, when a dentist comes out of school with anywhere between three and... 700,000 or more of, of credit card debt. I had, a, I had a, a couple that bought a practice for me and they had done a dental school at a very high-end dental school. They right. had done a, um, a GPR residency. The two of them were $900,000 in debt for dental right. loans. Okay, yep. so they've got dental loans. You got you know, we, we both live, you and I, Bob, and live in, 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 in Orange County, South Orange County. Uh, right. You can't rent an apartment for 300 bucks a month in South Orange County or pretty yeah. much anywhere. So exactly. it, it's not yeah. cheap to live in this town or anywhere else. So 
we know that a lot of these folks have to start working at maybe a DSO, maybe a big box price. But what are you telling the dental students for their first job? What should they be looking at? Um, when it comes to um, their first job, I always say, uh, obviously, it's all about um, building up their speed, um, you know, actually improve and, and uh, improving upon their, their procedures and their skill and everything else. Um, yeah, I think it's about building their confidence and in, in what it is that they do as a, as a dentist. Um, so obviously, the DSOs actually do provide that, you know, do, uh, do provide that space for them. Um, but the one thing I just, and I'm just going to use this and I, um, I always kind of like to use this as a caveat and as a warning to, to the, to the young doctors, obviously they, they do have these DSOs coming into the schools, trying to convince them that, you know, they're the way to go in order to pay off their big student loans and everything else. And since you brought all that up, the reality of it is, is that, um, most dentists are coming out of school with five to $700,000 in debt. Right. And then they also have, you know, they also have a mortgage or a rent or whatever it may be. Plus, they're also supporting the family. Um, and the bottom line to the story is that that shouldn't hold them back from actually purchasing their own practice either. Uh, because what they should be looking for is a practice that is able to support all of their debt. That's kind of what we tell the doctors is like, can the practice financially support your debt? And if it can, then you can actually afford to buy that practice. That's right. And when the banks, and again, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir here. When the <laughs> banks are looking, they have something called, folks, a debt coverage ratio. Right. And for most of the banks, it's either 120 or 125%, which means you need to have a practice that you're buying that's going to cover at least 120, 125% of your living expenses, your taxes, the loan payment and everything, right? That, that, that's in the big picture. That's kind of how it works, right? Right. And and it's it, what's my mantra, folks? You've been listening to me, some of you, for five years. My life is a math problem. When you go to the bank, your life is going to be a math problem. I had a doctor that was turned down the other day. And he said, Art, we looked at this 72 ways to sunset. And this practice just didn't cash flow for this doctor with their expenses. Now, Correct. doctors, if you have a $5,000 a month mortgage on a home, if you have a three or $4,000 a month home um, uh, student loan payment and you got $1,500 a month in car payments, uh, you're, you're going to have a, a heck of a time getting a loan. So I, I don't want to go too deep in the lending part of this, but, right. Um, right. but, but that is a big deal. So they've got to be looking at, you know, what do they need to do to pay their bills? But you're right building up their speed, Bob, and getting experience. I like to tell doctors, hey, try and work at two or three or four different practices in the first couple, two, three years, right? Absolutely. I, I personally like to see them, if they can, find an opportunity in a private practice um, and possibly even with an older doctor that would be excited about even mentoring them, you know, oh, through yeah. that process, process as well. And possibly even being that person to actually take over that practice at a later date. Oh well, that would be that would be ideal. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. When I was 16 years old, I, I don't. I'm probably have told this story before. I wanted a job to be a to get into accounting. I literally, and by the way, Bob, this is back when you and I, and you and I are old enough to remember this thing called the yellow pages, right? Yeah, so I always yeah. take the yellow pages to dental school, and I hold it up and I say, "So, dental students, do you know what this is?" And they look at me like, and one one of them will say. This is the yellow pages. And they'll all look at me like, what is that? Is it that's a real thing? So I literally went in in uh I was living in Long Beach with with my parents when I was 16. 
And um, I went ahead and I went down from A to Z to accounting firms. And I called, I said, hi, my name's Art Wiederman. I'm 16 years old. I'm a, uh, I'm a senior in high school and I'd like to get an account job. And one guy uh, hired me in Cyprus for $2.75 an hour. And it was my first accounting job. There is nothing, doctors, that says that you cannot, maybe you use this thing. There's this thing called the internet, right, Bob? I think people use that more today. So there's nothing that says, doctors, you can't go on the internet and find out all of the doctors within a 10-mile radius of where you want to practice and send them a letter and say, hey, my name is uh, Bob Affleck. I just graduated from XYZ Dental School and I want a job. And uh, I'm a a high energy, high ethics, um, high producing, high falutin guy or lady and and, right. and all you need is one right absolutely absolutely okay. yes and that does work for, for sure okay let's let's now get into which will lead us into more of what dental uh coach usa does so now sure. we got a doctor that's out two to five years right, right. um they're ready to spread his or her wings so we can start a practice so i'm going to give you the choice you want to start uh talking about Starting practice or buy a practice? Where do you want to go here? We're going to do uh, both of them. I can do either one. Whichever okay. All right. So now you're going to put the pressure on me. All right. All right. So, uh, so a doctor is going to start to buy, look in the process of buy a practice. Um, and this will, again, I want to lead this into more of what you guys do. So doctor, yeah. doctor comes to you through whatever source and says, hey, I've been working at uh, XYZ Dental Group for four years and I want to buy a practice. All right. What, where do we start? What's the process? How does that work? You know what? It's always starting again with the end in mind. We really want to understand what their goals are for their future. And we want to understand what their vision is, mission, what you know, everything about what they're really looking for and where they see themselves in the future. And if they do, and a lot of doctors really don't know that that answer. So we work with them actually in the very beginning to really come up with what is their their future actually going to look like. And then um, from that, we also um, you know, uh, basically work with them to help them to eliminate their fears of practice ownership and help them to gain the confidence of knowing that they can actually take on a practice. Um, because that's, I think, going to be the thing that holds a lot of doctors back. So our goal in the very beginning is to, first of all, understand those things. So when we take them through our basically our eight step process, we really want to have that first meeting to better understand them and how to get them to where they ultimately want to be. And then we actually um, uh, also help them to identify and find the opportunity as well. Um, we do have some doctors come to us that are that want just an associate position and uh, possibly want to purchase, at, you know, maybe later. So we do help them actually identify those doctors that maybe at, are, are at retirement age um, that are possibly looking to retire within a couple of years. Um, and 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 they want to hire an associate just to maybe cut them cut down their time, um, but we actually help them to identify those those people. Let, let yeah. me jump in, Bob, on this subject because this is something that's very important, doctors, for you to know if you're looking to buy a practice in in California. And I am a dental practice broker, and I'm not promoting myself today as a dental practice broker. But in California, you are allowed to be a dual agent. And what that means is I literally could represent both the buyer and a seller in a dental practice. I would cut off my left arm before (laughs) I would do that. That is a conflict of interest. Now, there are some brokers out there who, again, we're not getting into the broker conversation. But for the most part, doctors, most of you are going to find a practice 
listed by a broker. I, I think the statistics, Bob, are 60 to 75% of the practices Absolutely. are listed by brokers about there. So you're going right. to find a broker and that broker is getting paid by the seller. They're not getting paid by you. So you are kind of on your own to find your own team. The advantage, and again, I, I truly believe in what Bob does, and I'm really surprised that this hasn't been more prevalent in the industry, but now it is. Uh, at least Bob's company, I don't know who else even does this work, but they are able to basically be your broker, if you will. They're the, When you buy a house, doctors, there's a buyer's broker, there's a seller's broker or agent. In dental practice sales, in most of the cases, there's only a seller's agent. Well, what Bob and his team is, is they're basically the buyer's agent for dental practice, which I think is fantastic. So, um, all right. So, Bob, this is a good opportunity. Talk about Dental Dental Coach USA, kind of who you are, what you do. And I want you to give out your contact number and and folks just give Bob a, a call. He'll talk to you about the process if you're interested and then uh, they can help you. So uh, talk about the process. I appreciate that. So basically, uh, the pro- the total process that we're taking our doctors through is a very specific step-by-step process. And it's really to set them up for success when they take over their practice um, and and beyond that as well. So uh, the goal is, is always um, when they take on their practices to actually start growing their practice the day they take it over. Um, so, so basically, uh, we are truly what I consider to be more like a buyer's advocate. We really are able to get in there, look at their practice first, um, and determine, is this the right practice for them, right? And it does it actually financially support them as well? It's like, why, why would you want to uh, waste everybody's time if this practice can't financially support all of the debt that's coming into that situation? So we actually do a complete practice cash flow analysis first on every practice they look at. And then basically from there, determine how well this practice can uh, support them. It also helps to build confidence with the buyer because of the fact that if they understand and know that this practice is able to support their debt, which is a big concern, then they can now rest easy moving forward. So basically from that, we then help them secure their financing uh, for the practice as well. We're very tied in with all the different lenders out there um, that we really um, that we really know provide the best possible rates and terms and service to the client. Um, and we actually will um, do, the, do the homework to determine which one has the best rates and terms ahead of time uh, before we actually submit. Yep. Now, one thing, doctors, I'm going to say, and I've said this before, and this is nothing against the federal government. <laughs> Number one, you do not need a loan broker to get a loan to buy a dental practice. Right, no. Bob? Correct. Number, number, right. number two, you want to do everything in your power to not get an SBA loan to buy a dental practice. To buy a piece of real estate, that's a different conversation, right? Absolutely, absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the SBA is just, it's just, if you get someone who says, well, you, you just pay me a one point on the line and I'm going to get you the best. No. Correct. No, you yeah. don't need to do that, doctor. So, no. all right. No. So, so, um, so Bob, uh, you, you will, you work with doctors who are buying or starting. What about, do you help doctors in mid career too? Do you do anything for them? Absolutely. Um, so we actually help those doctors in mid career, um, in regards to really looking at their practice, looking at what's happening within the systems of the practice, figuring out how can we actually improve upon the systems to create more profitability 
and to actually help them build more cash flow for their practice so that they're able to grow. So um, we we do a very in-depth uh, re- uh, review of what's going on in that practice, and then we actually will then provide them the tools that they need to actually move forward with their team and with their patients and so on and so forth to actually reach their goals as well. So so, so your company is not just about doctors coming out of school or doctors five years out that you work with people and you, do you also consult with doctors who are getting ready to sell? Um, so absolutely. And and I just want to make it very clear. We are, uh, we are not practice brokers whatsoever. We're not, we never ever say that we are. Right. When we say that we're helping doctors um, in regards to selling their practice, it's really what we call the fourth quarter dentist that is actually getting ready to sell. Um, Our goal with them is to actually get them the highest price for their practice. But by doing that, it's really uh, going back and looking at the systems again in their practice, really cleaning up what's going on within the practice and in their tax returns. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're saying there's problems in the tax returns? I'm shocked. (laughs) Wait, wait, Bob, wait, 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 my head's going to explode here. What what do you mean? (laughs) So what we mean is obviously um, throughout the years, I I know we've had those creative CPAs (laughs) that have helped. (laughs) You've never called me creative. No, I'm not creative. (laughs) Okay. To basically help them to to not have to pay as much tax <laughs> um, on their income. So basically, what we say is, the more net that we can find, the more you're going to get for your practice. So that's kind of my motto. So it's all about you know going back and saying you know let's look at your tax returns first. Let's determine where they're at. You know if you know how much could that practice financially afford if you were selling it today. And then, and basically, um, you know, if they want to sell it for more, then obviously they um, would actually have to do, go to their CPA, work with their CPA on their taxes and so on. So but, what, what I tell people, Bob, is this. You have won the war, doctors, for 30 to 40 years. You've won the war. You have increased the federal debt significantly by doing whatever you did on your tax return. If you did that, some of you don't do that. Some of you do. I'm not getting into that. So what I'm going to recommend is two to three years before you're planning on putting your practice on the market, lose a battle or two, okay? Uh, Because the bank is not going to give you credit for the trips to Costco and the trips to Home Depot and the trips to Cabo and all this stuff. They're not going to give you that. They are going to give you an ad back of your car. They're going to give you an ad back of part of your retirement plan contribution. They're going to give you depreciation, interest, your salary, probably your non-working spouse or your, your, your non-working or working spouse's salary if they're not going to stay with the practice after the sale. But they're not going to give you all this stuff. Now, you can tell the buyer that, right, Bob? You can say, Absolutely. hey, yeah. look over here. Look at look at all this and da, da, da. But the bank, the banks don't give them credit for that, right? Absolutely not. There's only no. specific areas of the tax returns that the bank can really determine uh, what what is true take home income for the uh, for the seller. Um, and I can tell you, it rings true for those doctors that are hi- trying to hide their income in various ways, even in cash. Yeah, so, no, no, that that is. I, I I have I have actually as a broker, I have actually terminated three relationships that I so found I, out over yeah. time. If if a doctor says to me, "I don't report my cash," I go, "Nope, 
if a doctor doesn't take their doesn't accept co-payments, that's the kiss of death. I yeah, will not but, take a listing. So, right. you know, I mean, we, we, we work with honesty, integrity, and transparency, yep. and uh, we don't want to be talking to litigators because I have been an expert witness uh, about 10 to 15 times in my career on different matters, and litigators are nasty. <laughs> you don't want to get into a courtroom or arbitration or any of that. All right. So, Bob, how do we get a hold? If, if we have people on this who like what they hear and they, they're looking for some advice or just to someone to talk to about kind of what their plans are in the future, um, what what's the best way to get a hold of you? So, you know, well, first of all, would you like me to also share my offer as well? <laughs> I would like you to share an offer. Yes, right. absolutely. So, so basically what we're offering, obviously, is a one hour free consultation with the client. Um, and then um, if they decide to move forward with us, we're going to give them $500 off um, on our consulting fees. So um, and and but they have to say that they have actually heard it here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's a big deal. You know, right. five hundred so, bucks. That that that's what a couple of cups of coffee at Starbucks now these days. Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, so, the best way a lot to of get, cups of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> I love Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. So the best way to get a hold of me, uh, definitely they can text me at nine four nine nine three nine four five five zero. I would say if you're texting me, just say hey, this is so and so. Um, I'd like just to have a uh, conversation with you and then we can, I can let you know when I can actually have that conversation. Um, and, or you can email me at Bob at dentalcoachusa.com. So that's one word, D E N T A L C O A C H and then USA.com. Correct. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. And Bob is very, very engaging and helpful and we'll talk to you, uh, as much as you need to. All right, let's get back to the topics. All right. So. Talk, go through this eight. I mean, we don't have time to go through all the eight steps, but just kind of breeze through these eight steps that you help a doctor with to to determine. Now, the eight steps are to what type of practice do they should they buy? Is that what it is? So, no, the eight steps is really just to determine. Um, you know, the, the real goal of really the eight steps is to really determine um, how we can actually take this practice from where it is today to a whole new level. So basically, when we get into our due diligence phase, which is after we get them approved for financing, um, so that would st- financing would be step three. We actually, and, and we also recommend that they don't jump over the steps as well. Like a lot of doctors want to go to their CPAs first or to their attorneys or whatever. Yes, we need an attorney for the um, LOI. Obviously, brokers provide the LOI. <laughs> so um, so we don't recommend that you jump over to those steps until we know for sure we're going to buy this practice. And we have to get through the due diligence phase to make sure there's no red flags, right? No red flags of embezzlement, insurance fraud, and not taking copays, like you said before. Right. But, but primarily, really, what we're looking for there is this kind of get, get going to give us our guide moving forward and how we're going to uh, look for uh, growth for that practice and how we can actually improve upon the systems within the practice to create more profitability. So, so, so primarily, that would be the most important step. Then we actually move to marketing, believe it or not. And, there, and a lot of people say, well, why do we go to marketing even though we don't have the practice yet? The reason being is if we know that we're for sure getting that practice, we also want to start driving new patients into the practice the day that they take on the practice. So it's not just about um, it's not just about you know what's going on in the practice now, but also driving new patients to that practice as well. So we actually help them set up that marketing plan uh, moving forward. Um, yes. 
And yes. doctors, I, I also want to point, and Bob, I want to point out too, is that statistically, historically, from what I've seen over 39 years in this business, and you've seen 33 years, is doctors are going to lose 10, potentially 10 to 15% of the patients. Right. Not because, uh, but for a lot of reasons. You get patients that are driving 50 to 75 miles. Uh, you get patients, uh, you know, who, who don't, don't like lots of things. They say, you know, it's time to meet the time this guy's going to do it or this lady's going to leave and I want to look somewhere else closer to home, wh whatever it is. It just, and there are going to be doctors, you know, you are not going to be a clone and a twin of the seller and you don't want to be. You want to be your own person. But right. there are, you know, we are dealing with human beings here and human yeah. beings have emotions and thoughts and feelings and, uh, you know, and that's why it is so important, Bob. And, and let's talk yeah. about this for a second. Yes. When you go into a practice, don't make changes. Don't don't embrace the team. Get the team. I mean, I when I when I do when I do buyer seller signings, and we don't do a lot of these anymore because of after COVID, it just seems like everything's done on DocuSign. But if I can get a buyer and a seller in the room, I know I don't represent the buyer, but I say buyer, you need the first thing out of your mouth, in my opinion, and I'd be love to hear your comment on this, is doctor, um, yeah, the first thing, the first thing out of their mouth is, is dental team. I just want to let you know that my number one objective in coming in here is to take world-class care of our patients. Yeah, and if you start with that, start with that and just say, you know, I'm, I'm just honored and humbled to meet all of you. And it, I've gotten to know Dr. Smith or Dr. Affleck, and he's just run a, an unbelievable practice. And I just want to come in and be part of the team and kind of see how this goes uh, but my number one goal is world-class dental care. And if, if you do that, you'll, you know, what's the, what's the Johnson and Johnson commercial, the shampoo commercial, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And that's really what it is with the team. If you come in, right. okay, so, all right, the first week I've already bought a Cerec machine and we're going to do this and we're taking on all these PPOs and we're going to do, you're going to lose them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I, I think it's all about making sure you get the patients and the team to like and trust you in the very beginning. Uh, that, I think, is key. And I think that that's exactly what you're trying to tell them as well. Um, and, and basically, you want them to get the team on their, on their side as well. You know, so everybody's moving in the same direction together. So, um, so I, love, I love what you do. I, honestly, I'm impressed that you actually take the time to to uh, talk to these doctors, the buyers and the sellers, and that you truly care. Um, you know, even though you're not really representing the buyer, you really do truly care. No, I, uh, I, I do. Because here's the deal. Number one, uh, I don't want there to be problems because when there's problems, they sometimes bring the broker in. That's um, right. And, and I'm not particularly uh, uh, interested in that. I, I want, you know, it, it's full. And the one thing, guys, that you got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who are looking to buy a practice? It is buyer, but we're out there. Okay. Yes. If yes. you have Dental Coach USA, they're going to be looking out for you. But at the end of the day, the contract that you're going to sign is going to have what's called um, uh, warranties and representations. And the warranty and representation is going to say, buyer, you had a chance to look at everything. You got a chance to look at management reports, tax returns, talk to the seller, look at everything, and and nothing was held back from you. Now. If the seller provides you fraudulent information, which does not happen very often, but it happens, it uh, that's 
that's uh, that's on the seller, and that's in the seller's warrant service representations. But you've got to understand that you've got to do your due diligence. So that's, that's why. All right, Bob, talk a little bit because we're we're getting towards the end of our conversation today. Sure. Startups. How do we how do we talk to a doctor about starting up a practice? You know what? I, I, I really, you know, this is one area that I've really become to come to enjoy. Um, you know, we've actually set up a really amazing process um, of helping doctors in starting up their practices. And I think in theory, I, I think most of most of all, when doctors want to start up a practice, the first place they go is going to be their equipment, you know, equipment companies, because obviously those are the ones that are going to help them uh, to create what their designs and everything will look like, uh, what that practice will look like at the very end. But the reality of it is, is um, how we actually recommend doing this is actually um, having a, like a head a head coach that actually is going to work with all the specific people on that team to make sure that that everybody's moving in the same direction together. Because I think the problem that dentists have um, is that they start listening to all of these people and 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 basically all of a sudden start getting confused in so many areas, right? So I think that that's one unique thing about Dental Coach USA is that we do introduce you to all of these industry advisors that actually will help them throughout the process, but but they come to us specifically so that we can actually decipher what it is that's going on. And we can also make the um, advisor very accountable to make sure that they're working in the same direction as where the doctor's goals are uh, moving forward. So bottom line to the story is that um, I, I really think in today's world, especially when you, you know, you're competing with DSOs and corporate and everything else, I think more, more than anything, it's about creating the patient experience. And so um, in the very beginning, we always uh, recommend that uh, we start with a commercial, uh, obviously a commercial broker to help them define the space, to determine the size of the space and so on. But, also, but most important, the dental designer. Um, that person actually really will help them to uh, create the vision of exactly what that practice is going to look like when it's all said and done. And I think that that's the most important thing because if you're if you're just going into it not really knowing that it's it you're just going to end up looking like everybody else, right? And I and I think you don't want to be a cookie cutter type of approach um, like a lot of these you know uh, dental uh, equipment companies will do. They uh, pretty much. They'll give you the plans, but they're gonna you're gonna look like everybody else on the block. And there are there are dental architects out there and dental interior designers yes. that you and I both know. Um, uh, and, and again, you know, we we've had um, I'll mention I'll mention one name. I uh, Dr. Michael Unthank, we call him the architect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Architect. I knew Mike back in the <laughs> '80s, and um, what, it was funny. He, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. It's just hysterical to talk to him. But when yep. I got him on the podcast, it is unbelievable the breadth of knowledge that the man has. And and anybody who's a dental architect, he's not the only one uh, that, that that does this work. And dental interior designers, uh, we just had um, uh, we just had one on our podcast uh, about a month ago. Um, uh, uh, the Nickerson sisters—they're just wonderful, and they just know exactly what what the looks are like. So. You, you get all these people and you've got to be different. There's thousands of dental offices. There's, if right. you go down, I'll just use Beach Boulevard. I always use a Beach Boulevard in the city of Huntington Beach, California. Yeah. When I used to live on Beach Boulevard, when, when my wife Lynn and I got married uh, back in the 80s, when I was our first apartment was on beat off of Beach and Adams. And you literally drive down Beach. And I'm not going to say on every corner, 
on most corners, there was a dental office. So, you know, you've got to, and and that's part of where you get um, the architect, the designer, the marketing company to differentiate the doctor from everybody else. And you can do that, right? Yep, absolutely. And and that and we also uh, create a budget for the whole project itself because we want to make sure that we're living within that budget. We always tell the doctor to dream big. And um, if we have to cut back on the on, on what it is that they really want, like maybe some new technology or something to bring into the practice, you know, basically we're going to say dream big first, and then um, then we can cut back uh, to what it is that we uh, have on the budget. And then later, as they start to grow, then they can actually bring in their new technology or whatever it is that they want. Okay. I I have always used a number for year one because, again, my life is a math problem. I got to get the doctor. You know, we can build a beautiful office and get the vision and everything done. But the bottom of the line is we got to pay for it. So most of the doctors that are going to start a practice from scratch are probably going to work two, three days somewhere else and two or three days in their new practice, right? Right. My number has always been to break even in year one, about 200,000. Is that close to what you see? So, um, you know, what? it is definitely for those that don't have a real good plan um, it, from day one of how they're going to start driving those patients through the door. We, um, just like for an example, um, we actually um, are working. We worked with a doctor and I'm not even joking. The guy. Um, had a vision of exactly what he wanted. He literally built a building from gra- ground up <laughs> and the building literally was about, the whole thing was about $2 million, the whole project. Oh my. I know. And, and your first comment was, and how do you plan on paying for this doctor with a startup? <laughs> you have no idea what I was thinking. It was like, oh my uh, gosh. Oh, I, I know like, exactly what you were thinking. I, I know exactly. <laughs> you and I have known each other a long time. I know exactly. You and I think alike. It's exactly what you're <laughs> yeah. thinking. I know what you're Yeah, thinking. exactly. But the one thing that we did is we took him on and we said, okay, if we're going to do this, we have to really set up a good game plan of how we're going to make you successful day one when you walk through those doors. So basically, um, you know, we actually also bring in a, a consultant that actually will set up the systems ahead of time. They will hire the person, um, you know, for the for the practice, you know, the the front and front office and back office person, and then uh, we actually will uh, work with them on what's um, how they're going to set up their even their opening day. Um, so everything is all coordinated throughout the process. And um, I, I'm going to tell you right now, this particular doctor. Um, but primarily uh, did every little thing that we told him to do and literally drove over 120 uh, people to his open house and was already booked two weeks out when he opened Sweet. his doors. Sweet. And then the second month did over $30,000. Wow. From a startup. From a startup. And yeah. I'm sure this was, you don't have to tell me the city, of course, but I'm sure it was in a community where he wasn't the only dentist. Yeah, he definitely wasn't the only only dentist there, but um, definitely um, we took a grassroots approach to how we were going to get him out into the community, and wow. he followed everything. He's I, literally the the consultant that our consultant that we are um, that's working with him right now um, <clears throat> primarily said that he should be on track to do eighty thousand um, dollars, you know, within the next couple of months. So well, he, he's got to pay for $2 million of build out costs. <laughs> I know, exactly. You can imagine how stressed his wife was on that one. <laughs> I would imagine. I, I, well, I, I would not want to be in that conversation. But uh, exactly. Um, 
And I wouldn't recommend that for everyone. Uh, One more question about startups, and maybe for anybody, Bob, is when you do a startup, how do you talk to them about, because they're going to ask you the question, well, shouldn't I take on every PPO out there to get the most number of patients? What what do you tell them about that? So we definitely um, tell them to, we we actually set them down with an insurance negotiator to actually uh, set up all of their PPO plans for the practice that needs to go in there. And th- that person will actually recommend the ones that are going to be able to provide them the highest uh, reimbursement um, for their services as well. Um, and, and also recommend based on the demographic of the area and uh, the you know patients around there. Um, at the same time, they'll help them to credential uh, the, the doctors on all of those PPO plans. And um, at the same time, uh, They'll do a fee, fee analysis of the, you know, for the area uh, to make sure that they're getting at least 80% or starting out with around 80% uh, for the, the area. 80th per, the 80th percentile of the area. All right, Correct. one more topic. One more topic I want to cover with you, and then we got to put a bow on this. So okay, now go. I'm talking to my doctors who are anywhere who own practices, right? Yep. And doctors, I guarantee you, if you haven't, you probably will get a call from a DSO that says, uh, hi, Dr. Affleck, um, we, we are XYZ DSO, and um, we would like to promise you 130 times EBITDA uh, for your practice. So you'll be earning $2 billion for your practice if you come <laughs> with us. Um, that was sarcasm, folks. Uh, so when you're talking to, do- have you been talking to doctors who are in early or mid-career like getting these phone calls? What, are, yeah. what, what do you tell them? You know, so I actually share the war stories and experiences of what actually has happened to clients of mine. <laughs> so, okay, get, get, I want to hear it. Yeah, so primarily, um, you know, obviously money talks and everybody, you know, it, it, the lights are shining in everybody's eyes. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, the, these doctors, even though that they were told that they were going to get X amount, you know, of, of their net income, right? Um, basically also had to stay on with the practice for a period of time in order to get that payout. So they're only getting so much of that up front and then paid out throughout the years. And they definitely have to stay on throughout the years in order to get the full payout of what they were told. So, but here's the reality of what it is that they're experiencing and what they experienced was um, obviously the day one when they walked into the practice, obviously all that, everything that they ever put to, everything they did to grow that practice and create the practice that they've created was all diff- different. And now they were actually being told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And um, now they saw that their patients were even being treated differently. Um, plus, on top of that, their team was treated different. And so, um, you know, so uh, the one thing that uh, I've, you know, from probably a handful of doctors that I've worked with, um, literally have walked away in year two and walked away from all that money just because it wasn't worth it to them to see all that happening. Now, I do want to say that not every DSO does this. There no. are good ones out there. Yes. But you've got to peel the onion back. You've got yes. to realize that things are going to change. If someone's going to hand you a boatload of money, they are going to change things in your practice. They're going to standardize things the way they are with their other practices. You also have to realize, doctor, if you're tired of managing and you're in your 40s and you've got 20 years left and you want to keep working for these folks, which is what they love, they want you to stay. Right. And if you're going to do that, you just want to, I don't want to, I'm tired. I don't want to deal with employees. I don't want to deal with vendors. I don't want to deal with IT. I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. Right. Okay. 
you're going to take a 50 or more percent, listen to me, 50 or greater percent of your income is going to be cut. So if you're making $400,000 a year, you're going to work for a percentage of your production, and that is going to cut you down to probably half of that 400000 And if you take the present value of an annuity and you calculate that over 5, 7, 10, 20 years, that is going to mitigate some of the uh, mothership money, we call it. And I've talked about this on the podcast <laughs> before. So, Bob, these are the things that we need to be talking to these doctors about. And, 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 and the legal contracts? Oh, yeah. my God. Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 you've got to read. You've got to have an attorney who understands DSO transactions. I, I, I mean, again, we're not mentioning any names, but there right. are some of the attorneys that you and I work with on a regular basis, and yeah. they are all telling me the same thing. They're saying, Art, this is all we're, we're doing these DSO contracts. So it's like unbelievable. So you've got to be careful. So yeah. um, last thing, and then we're going we're gonna to finish this up. What are buyers looking for? So let's talk to people that are looking at selling their practices now. What are buyers, what, what are, pick out three or four things, the main things, Bob, when you're advising, what are we looking for that's going to say, yeah, let's buy that practice? Well, I, I always say, you know, the, the, when you're purchasing your practice, you're purchasing cash flow and goodwill um, and not to be focused on all of the equipment and leasehold improvements within that practice. So um, that's really the main thing that I try to stress because I want them to know that if the seller is able to do the production and collection on what, what equipment they already have, there's no reason why they shouldn't uh, be able to do it themselves. And then eventually, you know, bring in all of the different equipment, technology and items that they really want for the practice. So um, I would say not to focus on um, all the latest and greatest technology, and if they don't have it, don't. That's not going to be, um, you know, that's definitely shouldn't be the deal breaker of not buying the practice because there's a lot of great practices out there that um, you know really um, have not really reached their full potential, and you could probably get into these practices and start growing them immediately, and then start creating the dream practice that you wanted in your vision of where, where we started in the very beginning, right? No, that that's that's fantastic advice. Bob Affleck from Dental Coach USA. I want to thank you for your time and your great expertise and your friendship over 33 years that we've known each other. And I'm excited about your new journey. I know this is something that you've wanted to do for many, many years and you have found uh, a home. And um, in fact, you and I are working on a project right now. So it's yeah. kind of fun to be getting in the middle of it. And that's uh, all going to work out real well. One more time, Bob, give out your uh, contact information. You had made an offer earlier. Go ahead and make it again and tell people how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So the best way to get a hold of me is to contact me on my cell phone at 949-939-4550. Uh, just text me on that number. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Just tell me that you'd like to have a conversation um, and then I'll get you back to you on that. Or you can email me at bob at dentalcoachusa.com. All one word. Again. And you said $500 off of uh, services if you mention the art of dental finance and management, right? A thousand percent. So we always do a free uh, consultation up front for you. And then we will uh, take off $500 off the top um, of our con uh, consultation fee. Okay, that's great. Bob, hang with me uh, while I take the podcast out and stay with me. When we go off, 
recording. So folks, again, I want to thank you for the honor and privilege of your time. I hope this information is helpful for you. I want to make sure that you are highly successful. If you are, uh, if you have a good CPA and they're taking care of you, that's great. If you're not feeling the love, I got a call from one of our podcast listeners the other day, said, you know, I've been listening to this. I really need somebody who understands the world of dentistry. Give me a call, 657-279-3243. If you have a question, you want to talk, something doesn't seem right, I will be happy to spend a couple minutes chatting with you and maybe maybe we can work together. Uh, also email me at awiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at com. If you are in Southern California, um, you can sign up. Uh, let me know if you want to come to our um, live seminar at Dave and Buster's in Orange on Saturday, September the 30th from 8.30 to 2. You're going to get a lot of information if you're a buyer, if you're a seller, if you're thinking about selling your practice to a DSO. We're going to spend a whole hour just on that topic. Again, our a Wiederman, A W I E D E R M A N at idbailey.com, 657-279-3243. If you would like to attend the course in Scottsdale, Arizona with my good friend and partner at Ide Bailey, Scott Haberman, October 11th to the 13th at the Phoenician Hotel in Scottsdale. I mean, that place is like as good as it gets. Um, On scaling uh, your practices and, and becoming a multiple practice owner, uh, again, S Haberman at idbailey.com. That's S H A B E R M A N at E I D E B A I L L Y.com. And, um, anyway, that, that's the news for the day. Uh, Bob, thank you for the time today. And I, I, again, folks, if you're thinking about buying a practice, if you're looking at selling your practice, anything on the transition side or growing your practice, you know, Bob is just a really great resource. He's just been around the block for over 30 years. He has, like me, seen everything. And we just don't want you to make mistakes because mistakes get really expensive. With that said, folks, I want to, again, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast. And uh, for our podcast, The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A W I E D E R M A N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.